This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Let's ride. Decided before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. This might and probably will be the last off-season episode because the regular season officially starts one week from today, April 8th, in Colorado once again at the Rockies. But we have a lot of stuff to cover, including some breaking news that went down today on what happens to be April Fool's, which I initially thought was a joke by Mark Feinson, but he is a verified reporter and he was backed up by all his fellow comrades. And of course, if you don't know by now, it's the Dodgers trade of A.J. Pollock to the Chicago White Sox in exchange straight up for the almost 34-year-old established closer in Craig Kimbrell. I have some thoughts on this, but let's get some opinions first from David Rosenthal. So I'll let you go. It was a confusing trade. Uh, At first, I legitimately thought it was a joke. Uh, I, I, it took me a good 30 minutes to like get past the shock of it. Uh, but when I've thought about it throughout the day, it does make sense with a couple, uh, you know, caveats, basically they're betting on Gavin Lux and Edwin Rios to produce, uh, not to mention they're expecting Cody Bellinger to not do what he did last year. If they get those things, this is a, this is a slam dunk of a deal. There was a Kenley Jansen-sized hole in that bullpen. Yes, the bullpen was, we've talked about on this podcast, the strongest part of this team prior to the Freddie Freeman acquisition. They have guys who could fill in that ninth inning, but not a lot of guys who have actually done it. They don't want Blake Trinan to be that ninth inning guy. They want him to be the fireman, seventh, eighth, heart of the order guy. And what this does is, is basically just, it's, it's signing Kenley Jansen, but a different version of Kenley Jansen. Uh, we'll get into the specifics in a, in a little bit, uh, the advanced stats and all that. But as the day has gone on, I like it. Uh, I'm a huge Gavin Lux guy, so I, we just need him to produce. So are you saying that the Dodgers are scared to give someone new a chance to close? Yes and no. It's not so much as being scared as they want stability. They want someone who's done it. They don't want to put it all on Gratterall or, or Hudson, who has closed sparingly in his career, uh, or Vesia. They, they want someone who's done it. Uh, Kimbrell has thrived in the closing role. He struggled with Chicago, uh, the White Sox, when he got traded there last year in the eighth inning role. But prior to that, he was absolutely lights out for the Cubs. So it's a good move. Uh, it, losing Pollock is going to hurt, especially versus lefties, but I like it. All right, Jake Reiner, what are your thoughts on this trade? It's it, it's a we. It, I'm with David. I mean, it, it's a weird one. It really is because um, I didn't even know that AJ Pollock was on the trade block or that they were even thinking of moving him. And I sort of was looking forward to seeing what this team was made of with AJ Pollock in the lineup. Um, you know, given the the stacked nature of it. Um, but yeah, like David said, I think they are going to be betting on Gavin Lux, which um, I have a, uh, a take on that a little later when we uh, dive into some of our categories, but um, it also is a chance for uh, Chris Taylor 
to uh, possibly start every single day in left field, potentially. Um, and you have Gavin Lux uh, play second. Um, and then depending on what happens with the DH and Max Muncy, second base, whatever. Um, it's weird to me, though, because with the way the bullpen is situated, you kind of have a bullpen by committee. You have a closer by committee as it, as it looked to be when the Dodgers lost Kenley Jansen to the Braves. Now you bring in Kimbrell and like David mentioned, he struggled as a setup man. So what you're saying is basically that Kimbrell is going to be the closer um, in title and in role. So that's, that's going to be interesting because um, he is 34 years old. It's, a little suspect as to what he may have left in the tank. I'm hoping for the best. Um, obviously, he pitched really well when he was with the Cubs, not so much with the White Sox. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of, I mean, neither here nor there on this trade. Um, I was hoping that the Dodgers would be able to bolster their starting rotation through a trade, uh, not necessarily the bullpen, um, but, you know, I, I have an open mind about this. And, and obviously, I'm, we're all rooting for, for Craig Kimbrell to do well. All right. Here, here are my thoughts on all this. I would have been okay if the Dodgers traded AJ Pollock, but Jake just hit the nail on the head for a starting pitcher. The Dodgers don't need another reliever. I'll get into all the guys they have in a minute. And I thought to be honest that the Dodgers were moving away from a set closer role. I thought that was a thing of the past, the Tony LaRusa old man mentality. I thought analytics tell you, favor the matchups, go with the arm angles, go with the platoon splits. But this is what the Dodgers are doing. They are acquiring someone that was lights out as a Cub. He had an 049 ERA in that uniform. But the moment that he was traded to the White Sox, a team in contention, he had a 509 ERA the second half of the season. That's pretty bad. Since the start of 2019, when the Cubs and then the White Sox started paying him $16 million a year, whatever it is, He's a 367 ERA over the course of his career. I think you could make a strong case. He's probably the best closer of his generation, even better than Kenley Jansen, 218 career ERA, um, 272 saves. I think it is, but now we're in year 13. This isn't like year three, year four aging relievers are really hard to be a, uh, really hard to be someone you can count on. We saw it with Kenley Jansen for years. He started struggling in the back half of his career and then he found something magical in 2021. I don't know if Craig Krimble can find that in 2022. The uh, advanced stats with his fastball velocity, the whiff rate, the knuckle curve, all say this guy has filthy stuff. But he also struggles with the command, kind of like Jansen, and can walk a lot of guys. And he doesn't exactly have the best postseason resume. Uh, I don't know how many appearances he's had, but I looked at it. 413 ERA, which is a huge jump over a 218 regular season ERA, 1.333 whip as well in the postseason. We saw it with Boston. They didn't even want to go to him to close against the Dodgers. I think he closed maybe one game, and then when they were trying to seal the deal, they went with Chris Sale. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Like, the Dodgers, who are probably the most analytically driven team in, in baseball, still wanted to go with a traditional closer in the ninth inning. And I think that that's an important point to talk about which is that yes they could have managed with the current iteration of this bullpen mixing and matching and doing you know all of the analytics stuff and you know probably going to try and in more often than not in the ninth inning um he wouldn't have been called the you know uh closer per se but he was probably the guy that they were going to be going to most often i think it's something to be said though that the closer role is still something of a factor here. And the Dodgers thought so. And even with the mixing and matching that they did with the bullpen over the last few years, they still went to Kenley Jansen in the ninth, pretty much every time he was, he was, he was available. So it kind of begs the question as to, you know, is the, is this the death of the closer role? I don't know because you know, the ninth inning is a different animal. No matter, you know, what part of the order you're facing, the margin for error in the ninth inning is the smallest of any inning. Because at least, you know, if you screw up in the eighth inning, you have one more half inning to make up for that. But in the ninth inning, you may not get the last that bad if you're on the road. So the margin for error is very slim and it takes an entirely different 
animal, entirely different beast to be in that role. And I think teams still value that. Yeah. Just real quick on the advanced stats side last year, Kimbrell 98th percentile in expected ERA 99th in expected batting average 99th in K percentage 100th in whiff percentage 90th in fastball percentage 98th in expected slugging. Here's the downside though. 13th percentile in average exit velocity and 38th percentile in hard hit percentage. That means they either weren't touching him or when they were touching him, they were hitting him hard. And to dive into that just a bit more before we get too nerdy here, his fastball spin was 64th percentile and curve spin 65th percentile. What the Dodgers have been able to do the last few years is get these pitchers to get their spin rates up. So if Craig Kimbrell if can work with Mark Pryor and the rest of the pitching staff, get these spin rates up a little bit, you're going to see that average exit velocity go down and in turn return to dominance like he used to be five years ago. Here's my question. Less than five years ago. Yeah, please. Here's my question to the room, switching gears a little bit to AJ Pollock. Yeah, that's where I wanted to go next. Okay. So do you mind if I ask this? So with AJ Pollock, I was trying to think about this because my initial thought was, Eh, the Dodgers will be fine. You know, like the, the lineup is, is what it is. And obviously adding Freddie Freeman changes a lot. And I don't think that they would have given up AJ Pollock had they not gone out and got Freddie Freeman. However, are we um, underestimating the, uh, the player that is AJ Pollock? Like, are we underestimating losing a player of that caliber and, and, and how much will that affect this team? Absolutely. AJ Pollock, without a doubt, was one of the most consistent Dodgers hitters hitters in all of the last season. From both sides of the plates, I looked up the stats. He was batting 301 against right-handed pitching and 287 against left-handed pitching. I think for the season, he was hitting 297. He was actually one of our most clutch hitters during the regular season. He had a 324 batting average with runners in scoring position, 42 RBIs. He was absolutely on fire in the second half. And the Dodgers, historically for the last five years or so, struggle against left-handed pitching. Adding Freddie Freeman is great, but he's not going to really address that weakness of batting against lefties. Yes, they added Hans or Alberto, but I still don't know if that's going to make up for the presence that A.J. Pollock provided us. Not to mention his defense drastically improved last season. He was a finalist in left field for the gold glove. Well, that was, that was, I don't he know. He had a phenomenal catch to Rob Machado, I believe, of a home I, run. I wouldn't call yes, it phenomenal. It I, I mean, he what? barely got that. He robbed the oh, home Oh, come run. on, David. Come <laughs> I mean, on. It wasn't like an that athletic play. That was a great play. catch. It was a good catch. It wasn't like an athletic, phenomenal play. Oh, like, my if you're, le- if you're a left you're fielder. Not make, like, you're not making that catch, David. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm also not, I'm also not 6'3 or 6'4, whatever AJ Pollock Okay. The slash line. Let's just first. not look. His, I'm with you on the offense, but let's cool it with the defense, okay? He was <laughs> well. The, yeah, the, the arm was less than impressive. Yeah, the arm was for sure a weakness. But we're talking about a guy that could play left field. He could play center field. I haven't even brought up the fact that if one of the Dodgers outfielders get hurt, who are they going to go to? The depth chart right now, literally on the forty man, is Betts, Bellinger, and Taylor. 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 That's it. Everyone else, McKinstry and well, you Outman got guys who minors. can play the outfield. You know, they do you have some to, guys. You, you're you're going to see Pilar on this team. That's going to be a thing. I don't know about that to start the season. Well, well, I think now, I think now it. I'm not saying it, it secures Pilar's position, but it certainly makes it a I'm little more. Jake Lamb, but we can talk about him later. Yeah, but you need someone who can play the outfield too. Jake I mean, Lamb Lux, can play the Lux, outfield. He's been he playing can, the yeah. outfield in spring training. Yeah, but, but I'll get I'm to that later. About play play the outfield. Not like get by in the outfield. Here's my here's my take on on losing AJ Pollock. I know that you know you could look back at last year and say, oh wow, the Dodgers won 106 games and it was a really successful season, which it was. But as as the three of us, you know, remember, there were some rough periods for this team, yeah, and it, it and it seemed like or not seemed like, but it was this way where when the Dodgers' offense was slumping, you had AJ Pollock and Chris Taylor carrying this offense, which, which as we know, was not, you know, the intention. I mean, Bellinger was not supposed to fall off the map like he did. Mookie Betts, even though he was quote unquote, an all-star was not having, you know, his Mookie Betts caliber season. And you had 
injuries to Muncie. He was slumping. Um, you didn't get Trey Turner till the second half of the season. So Seager was uh, out with a broken hand. Seager was out with a broken hand. You you needed guys like Pollock and Taylor, and they sure as hell stepped up. Not to mention what Pollock and Taylor did in the postseason when the rest of the team just couldn't figure out how to score freaking runs. Those two guys were providing a lot of thump. So as, as much as I am confident in this current group of Dodgers to be able to get it done, that's putting a lot of pressure on guys like Betts and guys like Bellinger. $300 million. I know, but the, but the fact of the matter is, is that once you take a bat, as sort of a, a, you know, a safety blanket, if you will, out of the lineup, other guys are going to have to step up and, you know, yeah. There's two things I need to point out here. One, how quickly we forget how unplayable AJ Pollock was in the 2020 postseason. It was an he automatic was. strikeout. It, it was. was unplayable. Half of these Dodgers fans who are lamenting and eulogizing AJ Pollock wanted him gone. They wanted him sent out of town never to return. Secondly, he doesn't stay healthy. He had, he's in, in three seasons with the Dodgers. The only season he stayed healthy in was the 60 game season. Last year, he only played 117 games and his first year in 2019, he only played 86. He is a walking hamstring pull. Yes. He's a phenomenal uh, offensive output player, but he doesn't stay healthy. And that's only going to get worse in a cold weather, cold weather climate like Chicago. So yes, it's a loss, but Look, it's not a make or break for this Dodgers team. Look at the lineup. Let's look at the lineup. I Let's know. Take I, a deep breath. We're going to survive this no, trade. No, we're not. We wouldn't this make is, this trade without that. This, this is not a discussion about panic mode because nobody, no Dodger fan should be there. I'm not there. I know Kevin's not there. You're obviously not there because of what the team is. But what my point is, is that are we underestimating what we're losing? And I yeah, think absolutely. I think we are a little bit. I, I, I'm not. I'm, bottom, I'm aware that it's a loss on offense. The bottom half of the order is going to absolutely suffer because what Pollock did was he was one of your second half guys and he set the table. This is going to add more pressure, maybe not on Mookie Betts, but I will say it probably adds more pressure on Cody Bellinger. It'll probably add a lot more pressure on Gavin Lux. It could probably even hurt Chris Taylor in extent because the way I'm forecasting the lineup, that's the bottom half of your lineup. Yes, yeah, it's and, great and, that it's going to open the door for Gavin Lux to get every day at bats. And I for sure hope he flourishes in that role. But if he doesn't, it's going to really set this team back. Well, well there's and the trade also, deadline for a reason. Guys like guys like Lux and Bellinger can't, you know, hide in the shadows uh, behind a team that is able to produce and carry and win games without them. They're going to need they're going to need to provide that. And losing Pollock makes it a little bit more difficult. Not a lot, but a little bit more difficult. And you'll see sometimes players will rise to the occasion. And that's what the Dodgers are betting on with Cody Bellinger and Gavin Lux. And we haven't even talked about Edwin Rios, who's going to get some at-bats because of this. My Who Jorge thoughts. Castillo said his strong spring helped them do this trade. Felt made them feel more confident about doing this trade. Definitely. I mean, sure. But I feel like that's why they got rid of Matt Beatty. But whatever. Well, we Matt Beatty was a goner either way. <laughs> So my final thoughts on AJ Pollock is just to recap. I don't know why the Dodgers felt like they needed another reliever. You guys made up, you guys brought a great point. I guess they feel like they need a closer, but ultimately I still feel like the Dodgers inconsistencies on offense was something that you don't want to hamper by any means. And when you look back at AJ Pollock's 2021, because that's the most fair sample size to go off of, he basically pulled a 2018 first half Matt Kemp when everyone else was slumping. There was AJ Pollock to drive in guys. He had his eight RBI day in um, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. He had another grand slam, I believe later that season, he was just driving in guys hitting both sides of the plate. And you look at the value that they paid him. I don't know, 10 to 15 million a year. I know it kind of fluctuated. He gave them over three seasons, a 282 batting average, a 337 on base, and a 482 slash line. That's just tremendous numbers from what's considered one of your, your worst outfielder. You want to know what you want to know why this happened? Cause they couldn't find anyone to take David price without giving up a prospect. They didn't want to give up. That's what happened. Well, yes, but I just don't get why you're doing addition by subtraction. Cause Kimbrel's just clogging up another spot, but they don't view him in that way. They still yeah, view, they still view asset. him as, as an asset. Yeah. 
So yeah, it sucks for Pollock given the just the fact that the season starts in a week. He you watch a uh, connected with on Sportsnet LA. They interviewed him not too long ago, and you could see it on his face. He said it. He expressed it himself. He absolutely loved being a Dodger. He loved his teammates. They made him a better player. They loved player. him. And, yep. And, yeah, exactly. To return the favor. They loved him. Great clubhouse guy. Never, never like stirred up the pot or caused drama by any means, as far as I know. And they're losing a veteran leader. And this team's getting younger, which, you know, that's fine. I always am for adding younger talent. But Pollock was a pure veteran and someone you could – honestly count on and he grew on me a lot i did not like the signing initially when they got him back in 2019 i felt like he was an injury injury prone player which to an extent is true but now they're trading him for someone else that i don't exactly like at the contract value so hopefully kimbrough can prove me wrong but contract year it is a contract year i don't know how much left he has in the tank he's got plenty left in the tank you'll see but I guess you could say as the Dodgers fans now, you could you get to witness the two best closers of this era probably in Kenley Jansen and now Kimbrell in Dodger Blue. All right, so let's uh, move on. I guess we should uh, stick on the subject. Uh, give me what you guys think the opening day lineup's going to look like now that Pollock's out. I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory at this point. I think going around the diamond, you got Smith, Freeman, Lux, Give me Turner. the batting order. Okay, well... Fine. I think this is where we're going to disagree. All right. Well, go ahead then. Let me, let me map it out. All right. Well, I think it's set at the top. Like I said last week, Mookie Betts is your leadoff hitter, right field. Freddie Freeman is your second hitter, first base. Trey Turner, obviously your shortstop hitting third. Max Muncy, your cleanup hitter, DH. Fifth, I think they'll go with Justin Turner. Sixth, catcher Will Smith. Seventh, left-handed bat. Bellinger in center. Despite him struggling, eighth, Chris Taylor at uh, left, and then ninth, Gavin Lux, second base. All right, here's the opening day lineup. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Muncie, Will Smith, fifth, Justin Turner, sixth, Cody Bellinger, seventh, Chris Taylor, eighth, and Gavin Lux, ninth. That will be the lineup. I'll bet you 20 bucks right now. I have the same, I have the same uh, order, except I have um... – I have Smith fifth, Bellinger sixth, then Turner because of the righty lefty Lux, then Taylor. If Roberts wanted to do that, he could. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I agree. It'll be one of those two. And I, did you have Freeman second or third? Yeah. I don't agree with it, but he's but second. <laughs> yeah. I have you better I have agree him. with it. Cause that's how it's going. I just don't like Trey Turner hitting, hitting third. You're just trapping his speed. If Freeman gets on base and then he gets on base, his speed is neutralized. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Thank you. Stolen bases are not part of the analytics. Well, they're part of my fantasy team. So <laughs> that's I think that. That, I think that when you have I honestly when I, I think that when you have a talent like Trey Turner, you gotta use his abilities to the best of his I mean to the to his strengths. You gotta you gotta play to his strengths. I mean hitting and, hit, hitting bets and turner one two is a no brainer. Not a no brainer because then you're setting yourself up for a huge platoon disadvantage because the manager has the ability to just go with their best right-handed reliever and then the lefties come up so they'll go with their best left-handed reliever. yeah but as but as we found out in the world series mookie bats crushes righties so i don't really subscribe to that okay, and plus but- when you talk about when you talk about mookie bets freddie freeman and trey turner arguably three of the best hitters in major league baseball they can hit anybody so i i think I think putting Trey Turner second, having Mookie Betts and Trey Turner at the top of the lineup, that's that that is that is a recipe for success because now you've got the slower guys coming up like Freeman, Muncie, Smith. You know, Bellinger's quick, but Turner, that those guys will all. You know, you you hit a double, you're up two nothing. Yeah, but you just said it. Mookie crushes right-handed pitching. You know who else crushes right-handed pitching? Freddie Freeman. He crushes you're just, anything. You're, you're just taking he, it. You're just taking not as his good speed lefties. off the chessboard. We don't need speed. The Dodgers are not a team built on stolen bases. They work the count. It's not just, just stolen bases. Base. It's he's on first base. Someone hits a single in the gap. He can score on that. Well, that's he's why you have Mookie it. So if you want Trey Turner in front of Freeman, then you make Trey Turner your leadoff hitter. No, because because as we've all found out, Mookie Betts thrives best in the batting leadoff. And Mookie, I mean, Freddie Freeman 
is at his best hitting second. Uh, he can hit That's anywhere. how they won the World Series. Well, they didn't have Trey Turner and Mookie Betts ahead of him as an option. Yeah, they had Eddie Rosario, who literally killed everyone that was in his path. All right, we'll see what happens. Any way you look at it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. Max Muncy will hit second before they ever consider Trey Turner as this two-hole against right-handed pitching. Left-handed could be a different story, but they're going to mostly see righties, so that's how I'm leaving it. All right, what's next? Um, Prediction time? Yeah, we're going to go with some all kinds of predictions. We'll start with starting pitching. First of all, I want you guys to give me your rotation, and in order from most to least, we'll go up to five. Who's making the most starts this season? All right. So obviously we've got Walker Bueller, uh, number one. Um, and, and, oh, by the way, this is without Trevor Bauer for the time being. Yeah. Um, so Walker Bueller, Julio Arias, Clayton Kershaw, um, and then either Tony Gonsolin or Tyler Anderson, I feel is the five. I don't, and I'll make, I know we have bold predictions coming up, so I'll save my Andrew Haney take for then, but I think that um, that's going to be the five. And I think that the most starts um, is going to go to Julio Urias. I think that that guy will make the most starts for us. I have the rotation, at least to start the year, Bueller, Urias, Kershaw, Haney, and Gonsolin. I thought you liked Tyler Anderson. I do. I don't. Th- I think they're going to give uh, Andrew Haney a shot. I think they're going to give him three or four or five starts, see how it goes. And if not, Tyler Anderson is going to come in and, and, and take that role, at least, you know, until Bauer comes back, if he comes back. But they're going to give Haney a shot in the rotation. I can guarantee you that. Uh, Anderson's going to get some starts. But to start the year, I think they've already said it's going to be Haney. So yeah, uh, we'll see that. And for most starts, I have it as, as a tie. I think Bueller and Arias are going to stay healthy the whole year and pitch every every turn unless they give them a, a turnoff here and there. Bueller, Urias, Kershaw, Andrew Heaney, Gonsolin. I think Andrew Heaney is going to surprise a lot of people. From what I was reading, they were basically telling him to experiment with his pitches this spring and so far has not been working. He's been leaving a lot of pitches over the plate but they're kind of doing what they did with Julio and they want he need to throw some type of variation of a curveball and a slider, just like they did with Julio. And I think as the season progresses and they give him his opportunity, that pitch will start to flourish with time. And I think the strikeout stuff with Heaney is still there. And so I'm still fairly optimistic. He will be a viable part of this rotation. Next up the bullpen. Um, I feel like we universally agree on most of the guys that are going to be a part of this but give me a couple fringe guys that you think will be in that bullpen. I guess for, to help you guys out, I have Tyler Anderson as a lock, Alex Vesia, Kimbrell, Hudson, Phillips, Trinan and Gratterall. So I think that would leave one or two spots, depending on if you think the Dodgers go with a 13 man bullpen or a 14 man bullpen on what should be a 28 man roster or 15. Did you, did you, did you mention Kimbrell? So you have Phillips as a lock. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like it. I just don't know if he's, he's there yet. Uh, I think with the injuries to Phil Bickford, Canely and Ferguson, they will make a spot for Phillips. Is, is, is Canely or Conley is he's definitely not making the roster opening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, Like I said last week, I'm not sure exactly the lefties who are going to make it. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with David price. Uh, if he's going to just take up a spot and kind of do what he did last year, which was just clean up the trash uh, or, you know, they'll give it to Brule, Clevenger, uh, Victor Gonzalez, I think is going to make it. Uh, and then who knows what happens with Mitch White and Andre Jackson. Cause I think they are going to piggyback these last two spots in the rotation with Haney and Gonsolin. I think they're going to throw Jackson and White and Anderson uh, piggybacking those guys. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you guys. And the thing about David Price is just so unfortunate that like he just absolutely has not done anything. Done anything. And like the fact that he's not even ready for yeah, what is he day, even doing? What is this? You know, you give him a little bit of a grace period. Okay, he didn't want to pitch in 2020 because of COVID and it was all you know uncertain and whatnot. You give him a little leeway there, but man, how are you just not ready? to be a starting pitcher for us. Just cooked, how, how is that possible? 
barbecue like, chicken. How much money are they paying him? 15 or 16 million a year. Right. The Red, so Red Sox are paying the other half. So figure it out, dude. I don't know. I don't think he's going to figure it out, bro. It's so frustrating. Because if if you have a ramped up ready David Price, I'm taking it any day over Andrew Haney. I can't stand that guy. Well, let's give well, him a shot. Let's give tell him us a shot. how you really feel. I've seen enough. I don't so, care if he I don't care if he's messing with his pitches. The guy's never been good. So I really don't have anything to go off of. So to conclude uh, what I was hiding, I think the Dodgers open the season with a 15-man pitching staff, 13 hitters. David Price, I do think, will make it because they have nowhere to put him. Um, Victor Gonzalez, who has looked really sharp this spring, I think they add him back on. And Justin Brule will be your last spot on. That's a lot of lefties to clean up the mess. They can also give you multiple innings. Um, Some guys to expect later that will hopefully make an impact with the Dodgers include... Caleb Ferguson, who actually has been pitching this spring, but I guess they want to rest him a little bit. Phil Bickford, who has some arm soreness. We don't know what the injury extent to that could be. That could be very minor or it could be a while. Tommy Canley, who I think will come back sooner, maybe late April, May. And then he should be a big part of this bullpen. Danny Duffy, we already know will be back in June uh, or July. Do we know he'll be back in June or July? That's what do we're we? being told. And then I still think Carson Fulmer at some point yeah. he added to this 40 man when if what about Maranta? Maranta really bad yeah. well i hope i hope we can keep him in the minors i hope he takes a minors assignment yeah he's nasty i think well it, it's interesting the kimbrel trade does does make it interesting because are you are you going to take more pitchers or are you going to add to the bench the bench is not very good so let's let's go to the bench right now 40 man roster is full uh right now i think your bench is looking like austin barnes um, Jake Alberto. Lamb I think Jake Lamb is going to make the 40 man they'll have to get rid of someone but just looking at his spring training numbers batting 375 with a 423 on base two home runs can play first third and the corner outfield there's some versatility right there I think you got to add Jake Lamb otherwise he will not accept his minor assignment and go elsewhere probably be a, on the major league roster Edwin Rios, who has looked incredible this spring, batting 438 with three home runs, seven RBIs. And then your final bench spot, I guess, um, as you said, Alberto. Yeah, that's going to be the so bench. That, so that means um, McKinstry is not making it. I don't think so. No. And um, Eddie Alvarez, who's also been great, is not making it either. Yeah, he's not even on the 40 man. So. Yeah, I think they already actually told Alvarez he's not making it. And uh, Pilar, Pilar is going to be there at some point. You think? Yeah, so is, Kevin, he's not on the forty man either. Not yet. Pilar. No. Darian Nunez is going to be a casualty, I think. Kevin Pilar made an incredible diving catch a few days ago to rob someone of like a double. So you know the defense is def- defense is absolutely there, but this spring he's hitting one fifty four given it's not a very large sample size. But I think at this moment in time, if you have to pick between Pilar and Lamb, I'm picking Jake Lamb. I think the upside is better with him. And if he's not going to hit 30 home runs, but he's done it in the pros before. So I want to bet on that talent. That means though, that your only right-handed bat besides Austin Barnes is Alberto. Yep. Yep. That's what happens when you trade AJ Pollock. Yeah. Any other thoughts on, fringe guys that you think think could make it that we didn't mention or just any anything else along those lines no i think we covered the roster at least to start the season i think that's pretty much what it's going to be all right cool let's move on to division standings all right this is who i have for all the division winners um nl west dodgers nl central cardinals nl east braves and then the three other teams that I think are making it are the Phillies, the Mets, and the Brewers. And then on the AL side, I've got the Mariners making it out of the AL West, kind of a surprising move, but I think that they've done enough in the offseason to capitalize on their success from last year. AL Central, White Sox, obviously. And then I think this year it's the Blue Jays' year to win the AL East. I think that they're stacked enough to win it. And I don't think that the Yankees did enough. And the Red Sox will be 
Red Sox will be in there, but I don't think either team will, will be able. And, and, and I don't think the Rays um, have enough either to, to overtake the Blue Jays. And then the other three teams that I have are that are making it are the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros. Wow. All right. I have the Dodgers winning the NL West by six games. Uh, I have the Brewers winning the Central. What, Kevin? Just six? Just six. Uh, Brewers in the Central and Braves in the East. My three NL wildcard teams are the Phillies, Padres, and Giants. Oh, wow. He flipped. Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> Before we get to the American League, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were saying that the Giants were going to be terrible this year. I, I think they're going to be bad, but I think they're going to sneak in the playoffs as the last wild card team over the Mets uh, by that's one not game. Pretty bad then. <laughs> Jacob DeGrom already fell apart. Max Scherzer's falling apart. I mean, realistically, the Mets will probably make it over the Giants, but I just went with the Giants. He's covering all his bases so that if the Giants do do well, he can say it. Well, I had them making right, the playoffs. fine. You know what? Fine. <laughs> the Giants are not making the playoffs. The Mets are going to take the last spot. Barely. Giants are out. Padres yes. will finish in second, six games back at the Dodgers. Yes. The, Kevin, AL, Kevin, and I, Kevin and I officially bullied David for the first time into yeah. changing his mind. <laughs> well, I don't want to be a flip-flopper. I'll, I'll, you're right. I'll die on the hill that they yeah, suck. The, giant, the Giants I'm holding you suck, accountable. Okay? They're trash. They're horrible. And they're cheaters. There anyway, American League, AL West, Mariners, Central, White Sox, AL East, Toronto winning it. And my three wildcard teams are the Astros, Tampa Bay, and Boston. Okay. So no Yankees for you. No Yankees. I think they're frauds. I actually agree with David, but let me get to mine real quick. Dodgers winning the NLS in what will be a landslide. I think they win it by double digits, 10 plus games. Um, Central Brewers. I'm actually surprised Jake didn't go with that one. I think the Brewers is another easy lock. I honestly don't think there's any team even close in their division to just the magnitude of what Milwaukee has. That rotation and bullpen is maybe the best they've had. And then the East, I will go with the Braves. It's the Matt Olsen trade that made the difference for me. I'm a big fan of Olsen. I love what they did with their bullpen and adding Jansen and um, McHugh. So I think they just have a lot of depth. Um, then the other, two, the other three teams, Giants. I think they are still going to be good. Their rotation is very strong. I'll, I can elaborate on that in a few minutes. The Mets and the Cardinals. The, a, the American League, Seattle Mariners. I guess we're all picking the Mariners this year. The Central, the White Sox. I'm also picking the White Sox to win the AL pennant. And the Blue Jays to win the AL East. The wildcard teams, I got the Astros, the Rays, and the Red Sox. So neither of you guys like the Phillies. I have them in. Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay, sorry, I missed that. So wait, so you, you think it's going to be Dodgers-White Sox in the World Series, Kevin? I'm assuming. Hopefully. Okay. I'm a little reluctant to pick the Dodgers at this moment in time. They're going to have to stay healthy, but I think the, the Brewers are a serious threat. I really do. All right. Any other thoughts or predictions on the overall standings or playoff format before I micromanage this in a quick second? Um, I mean, I think people are underestimating the NL East still. I mean, yes, the Dodgers are, the favorite in the national league, but I think the Braves, the Phillies, and I guess the Mets, if they can stay healthy are all serious, serious contenders. So we'll see. I mean, Philly's got a lot of offense. Braves got better. You could argue. Uh, and then the Mets obviously spent a shit ton of money. So we'll see. Any favorite in the American league. I mean, I think it's the white Sox and the blue Jays for me. I'm excited to see what the Mariners do. I've always been pulling for them. And I think last year they surprised a lot of people. And I think this off season, they got even better. Yep. I would hope so. They got Robbie Ray. They got Suarez. They got Winker. If they take a step back, that'd be kind of sad. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get this a little smaller. And what I mean, because this might be the last time that the Dodgers play all these teams this many times in one season, let's move over the NL West. I'll start. I think the overall standings will be the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres, the Rockies, and the Diamondbacks. I think the only two teams that finish above 500 are the Dodgers and the Giants. I think the Padres are a load of crap. I think they've gotten only worse from where they were a season ago. 
Everyone knows by now that Fernando Tatis Jr. is out for probably half the season. They didn't address their bullpen whatsoever. They let Melanson, their all-star closer, go to Arizona. Emilio Pagan, who might be their closer, has been really bad this spring and was bad for them last season. They were acting like crybabies by trying to move Eric Hosmer and Will Myers, guys that nobody absolutely wants. And you look at their outfield as a whole, it's bad. I mean, who is it? Profar in left, Will Myers in right, and Grisham in center? That's not they, very they, intimidating. They may get Brian, they may get Brian Reynolds. I got a I got an interesting scenario for you. Just a quick tangent. David Price and a mid-level to low-level prospect for Will Myers. Who says no? David Price. I don't know why the Padres would do that. For a prospect and to get rid of Will Myers. But then we're making the Padres better. Well, not necessarily. You just said you don't know why the Padres would do that. I, I, I misspoke. I meant I don't get why the Dodgers would do that. Well, we're getting an outfielder. We don't need one. We just spent 25 no, minutes I'm, talking about how we, we need outfield need, depth. We don't need Will Myers. Well, I don't. I just don't see no. how he helps us. Does he help us more than David Price? I think so. But you're giving up a prospect. A mid-level to low-level prospect. Me, I'm petty, and I don't, I don't want to help the Padres out. We already gave ever. the Padres a Dodger. They, we gave them Matt Beatty, who might be their new first baseman. All right. I, I mean, I would do it. I'm just, I just it triggered in my head, like, huh. These well, are two many, guys. What does Will Myers' contract want. situation look like? Twenty million dollars this year, and then a team option. So him and Price are very similar. Five million dollars more than David Price. Well, yeah, just what we need—more money. <laughs> I, I don't hate your scenario. I just hate the idea of doing it within the division. Yeah, I mean, it would never happen, but it's interesting. I'm with you, and I'm also with you, Kevin, on the uh, the way you stack the division. That's how I would do it too. So anyways, I, back to the po- – okay, sorry. Sorry, just – I don't know if I already said this, but I'm going Dodgers first, Padres six games back, Giants nine games back, and then the two seller teams, Rockies in fourth and Diamondbacks. Yeah, Padres, that, that's, that's the Padres my- are not going to be good. Their rotation is very suspect. You Darvish is a massive fraud. They took his sticky stuff away, and he was, as David said on record, an even worse Chris Paddock. I remember yes, that. But Musgrove and Snell are, are two solid pitchers. And then they Blake got some Snell depth after that. Can't beat anybody except the Dodgers. I think he's gonna have a little bit of a so he'll go five and fifteen. <laughs> and the five wins will come against the Dodgers. Exactly. Mike Clevenger can't stay healthy to save his life. He had one spring training outing. He gave up eight runs in like one inning. And then Denilson Lamette can't stay healthy either. Love his stuff, but he'll get hurt. And then Nick Martinez signed him out of Japan, was once with the Rangers. He looks very bad. We got a little taste of him. I don't see how Bob Melvin also moves the needle for the Padres. It's just another old white man. I think Jace Tingler (laughs) was a casualty of what is an incompetence from A.J. Preller. I think this actually, this hire will set them backwards. You give me... Uh, the Giants starting pitching. I'll take the Giants depth. I'll take the Giants outfield. I'll take their infield defense and I'll take the manager, Gabe Kapler. I'll take it all over the Padres. It's, it's kind of interesting though, the, what Adrian Preller has not done this offseason compared to what he's done the past few years, which is make a shit ton of moves. Yeah. Maybe he's trying a new strategy. I don't know, but it oh, seemed yeah. like, it seemed like when the, when the Padres, signed Machado and then they extended Tatis it looked like all right here here come the Padres you know they're they're building a contender and then they completely fell off the map last season like just an absolute tank job and then to not rebound from that to try and fortify the bullpen the starting rotation even the lineup it just makes no sense to me what what their strategy is here and why why they're not making any moves to make this team better. Well, that's what happens when you trade a bulk of your farm. I mean, they gave up a lot of talent uh, for you know the the Mariners trade. They gave up uh, Trammell. But what about uh, the what about the free agent market? They didn't do anything. 
I I think they needed this. Castellanos was a perfect fit for them. Payroll wise, they're capped. Yeah, I mean, you're paying the left side of the infield uh, more than the GDP of like 12 nations. So I mean, you know, some will say they're a small market, some a large market, but I mean, their their payroll is pretty high for for what it's been historic. They're they're a large market. I, I agree. I do not, I do I not want to go down this Molly Night BS of calling them a small market team. I agree. Because no, San not, Diego, not small market. San Diego is the seventh largest city in the U.S., and their owner is filthy rich. So this whole small market was bullcrap. They just had a cheap, idiotic owner who didn't want to spend money. Hence, why the fans didn't want to attend games, because why are you going to waste money on a shitty product? That's how you become a low market, not a small market, but a low market team. But anyways, back to the Padres. Yeah, David was is right. They burned their entire farm system on guys that they thought was going to help them win now. Turned out it didn't. <laughs> Missing the playoffs last year is just absolutely hilarious after everything they did. And now they got two guys in Mackenzie Gore and CJ Abrams who should be elite talent, uh, maybe in 23 or 24, but no way in hell are they going to trade those two guys. Yeah, they traded kind of the meat and potatoes after those two guys. That's what they're lacking. Mm. And then the Giants, to me, you know, I, I have a hard time betting against them, even though I, I have them f- finishing um, second. You had them finishing second too, right, Kevin? Yep. Yeah. I have a hard time betting against them being successful, given what they did last year, even with, you know, losing. They lost Posey to retirement. They lost Chris Bryant to the Rockies um, and they're banking on Gosman. their bank. Yeah. They lost Gosman. They're banking on Brandon belt staying healthy, which he rarely does. They're banking on Brandon Crawford having another quote unquote MVP level season. Um, I just don't, I mean, all signs point to this team not doing well. Yes. The rotation is, is somewhat good and, and can be good, but you're banking on a lot of players to be healthy in order for this team to compete. Well, that's why I have them going from 107 wins to 90 wins. That's a 17 win drop off. That's why I have them missing the playoffs. <laughs> I actually, I think the rotation, believe it or not, will be better than it was last season. So that's a perfect segue to our awards picks. And why don't I just start off right now? I'll go with the American league to add some Change suspense. Up. First up, MVP for me, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I have him as my yeah, AL MVP. He's, he's also my AL MVP pick. Right. I think we've never seen a season like his finish second in an MVP maybe ever last year. American League, Cy Young. I'm going Shane Bieber. What about you, David? I'm going Garrett Cole. When I was looking through the list, it's like there are not that many AL Cy Young contenders. Like it is Cole and Bieber at the top, and then it's just like, I don't know, Giolito, Lynn, Robbie Ray. So I don't know. It's it's there's a lot more contenders in the NL. Well, I I, I figured someone was gonna go with Cole and I figured Kevin was gonna go with Bieber. So I I wanted to go with a little bit of a wild card, and I am going with Lucas Giolito. And I know he hasn't shown that he, you know, he's not had that breakout season yet. He's only 27. So if it's going to happen, I think it's going to happen this year. And I'm, Even if he doesn't win the Cy Young, I'm expecting big things from him. That was my pick last season, and he's on my fantasy team this season. So I hope you're right, Jake, although I have <laughs> Bieber. So that's him also – Him and Glaber right. Torres, Kevin. Don't forget about <laughs> <Glaber> Torres. <laughs> I, I have Torres on my fantasy team. So. Last oh, I noticed. Played. I noticed. All last, right. year, last year he played like Glaber Torres. <laughs> NL MVP. I said it last week, sticking with Juan Soto who I think will actually propel the Nationals to being better than people might initially expect. Yes, Juan Soto and Nelson Cruz. He is my pick as well. This is a no-brainer. I I figured that you might go with Juan Soto, so I'm going to go with a slightly different pick, someone that David loves to death, which is Bryce Harper. Mm, back to back, huh? I'm going with Bryce Harper and, and, uh, and because that Phillies lineup is so, is so much better now with Castellanos and Schwarber, you had Reese Hoskins back in there, real Muto. That is a stacked lineup. And I think Harper is going to thrive. It's a good pick. All right, David, start with the NL Cy Young. All right. The NL Cy Young. I think it's his time. Uh, I really do. 
Uh, I think he's going to get it this year. I'm going with Walker Bueller. I also have Walker Bueller. I I think, um, I think Walker Bueller is ahead of uh, Lucas Giolito in a lot of different categories and just overall a better pitcher than him, but we've not seen Walker Bueller go out there and absolutely shut down the league. And I think we're going to see that this year. I know who Kevin's pick is, and I like this pick already. I'm it's going. A, it's a good I'm, pick. I'm saving the worst for last. I'm hoping to have a two-year streak. I picked Corbin Burns a year ago. I'm picking the division rival, Logan Webb, of the San Francisco Giants. Part of the reason why I think the Giants will once again be competitive. I like what Webb has been doing in spring training. I didn't expect him to be the type of ace he was last season. He has maybe the filthiest slider in the league, and – for whatever reason, the Dodgers can't seem to hit him. So I hope he sucks, but my eyes tell me to go with Logan Webb. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> hope I'm Same. wrong too. But that, that rotation is no joke. David sent us earlier. Apparently Alex Cobb is throwing 97 miles per hour now. Carlos Rodon it's a li- is a it's steroid. A little, it's a little bit of a joke. It, I mean, are we just not going to investigate them? Like not even any kind of investigation at whatsoever. We're just going to let this happen. Carlos Rodon, if he can stay healthy, we know he's a great lefty, but I still have my doubts that he'll sustain it for a full season. And then Alex Wood is good, obviously, and Desclafani, except when he faces the Dodgers, but he can beat everyone else. He's like the opposite of Blake Snell. All right, now let's move to some Dodgers stuff. First off, who's hitting the most home runs for the Dodgers this season? I got Muncie. I'm going, I'm going Freddie Freeman. I'm also going Freddie Freeman. Next up, who is going to be the most improved Dodgers player? They don't have to they don't have to participate on the team last season, but who makes the biggest leap from 21 to 22? Um I mean it could be a couple of guys, but I'm going to save my other prediction for another category. So I'm going to go with uh, Edwin Rios as being the most improved. Um, I wow. know that, <laughs> which is not, a, which is, which is not a very, you know, high bar for it's him. It's like three singles. You got it. I know, but I feel like, I feel like Edwin Rios may, may have a, a breakout role off the yeah. bench in, in a, in a much bigger way, obviously than what happened last year. I'm going with the obvious pick, which is Cody Bellinger. Uh, I'm not sure how much more improved he's going to be, but I do think he's going to be improved. Uh, And then on the pitching side, I'm going with Victor Gonzalez. Uh, I think he's going to return to form, return to 2020 form. He already Uh, looks good. Yeah, and and get back to where he was at uh, during that World Series run. I'm going very volatile here and very risky. I'm picking Andrew Heaney. I think he finishes with an ERA (laughs) under four, and I think he'll make 25 starts. I very well could be wrong, but uh, I, I'm being optimistic. Next up, kind of a similar category, but who breaks out this season? Could be a rookie. Could be someone that was slumping. All right, this is my – and this kind of bleeds into the, the bold prediction category. Um, but I'm going Gavin Lux. And I'm saying that Gavin Lux is breaking out this year. He's going to solidify a role on this team, whatever that is, whether it's in the outfield or in the infield – and the Dodgers are going to feel confident that if they can't get a deal done with Trey Turner, they're all right with Lux. My breakout star is going to be Bruce Dar Gratterall. I think he's going to take the next step in his game. I think we're going to see him get a lot more whiffs, which is what he struggled with. And I think he's going to be have the type of season that solidifies him as the undisputed closer of 2023. All right. We have some similar thinking, but my breakout player will be Edwin Rios. I think we can expect to have him hit 18 home runs if he gets the fair amount of at-bats. And I think he might flirt and steal, potentially steal Justin Turner's job. This I, season. Gonna, I thought you were going to say steal 20 bases. No. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. So you're saying he's going to be the starting third baseman by the end of this year? There'll be, there'll be some conversations. That's bold. Yeah. Finally, speaking of bold, Give me a, one or two bold predictions. Anything right. is on the table. All right, you're ready? So I already I already said Lux, but my other two bold predictions, <laughs> and keep in mind, these are bold predictions, so I can't really be held accountable for this. Um, the first one, I think, is not that bad. Um, 
I think that Trevor Bauer will pitch for the Dodgers this season uh, at some point. Um, and then my, my even bolder prediction and something that um, kind of goes against what Kevin has already said in this segment, which is um, I only, I only think Andrew Haney will have two quality starts all year. <laughs> you <hate> him. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> two quality starts. That's it. And I'm being, and I'm being nice for myself um, with that, but that's my bold prediction. I, I just, I don't see it, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. And well, gladly eat my words, just like I ate my words uh, with Kenley Jansen not being elite anymore. All right. Uh, I had three. One of mine was also that Bauer will pitch in May for the Dodgers. Uh, my other two, David Price will not see the mound after the month of May. I think he is going to be either put on the IL or just straight up released at some point. After May, you won't see him as a Dodger. My second bold prediction, this is, this is bold. Bobby Miller will not only make the postseason roster, but he will get a save in a postseason game. Wow. That's he's, I said bold. bold, Kevin. I said it was very, very bold. bold. You asked for bold. I gave you very bold. I know. He's sitting at 101 miles an hour. Uh, we've seen guys like this who are starters contribute right off the gate as relievers. That's my bold prediction. You gave bold italics and underlined. Yep. That's bolder than me. I think you have the, you have the right mindset, except I think it's going to be Dustin May who gets those saves later in the year. You can see it. Um, so imagine, May, initial- imagine, imagine the bullpen, like May, Miller, Gratterall, Trinan, Kimbrell. Like, you just need Nasty. three innings from like a starter, three or four that's, innings. That's Robert's dream right there. That's his <laughs> dream bullpen days where he starts Gonsolin for an inning and then just goes to the rest <laughs> of the guys for eight innings. Yeah. Um, so my initial bold prediction as of this morning no longer is on the table, which was Brewstar Gratterall becomes the undisputed runaway closer. But with the addition of Kimbrell, it's unlikely now. So the new one is that Dave Roberts will deplete his entire bench, even though there's a universal DH at least once this season, thus forcing a pitcher to hit. I like it. I wouldn't. I, yeah. I wouldn't, I, go, I wouldn't disagree with it either. No, here's, here's a, a bonus question for you guys. You think anybody on this Dodgers staff is throwing a no hitter this year? Yes. Walker Bueller. That's, All right. That's, I guess I that's that another projections for yeah. Bueller. Okay. I like it. All right. My last question. What are your expectations for Cody Bellinger in the 2022 season? It's been a lot of talk about Bellinger. A lot of people are freaking out about a spring training. So it would not be justice if we didn't bring up Bellinger. It's so tough. It really is because it's, it's so hard to um, figure out what's going on with him and why he started to perform better down the stretch and in the playoffs and why he's just not really making a lot of solid contact in spring training. You know, I'm not worried about spring training because it is that, but um, you know, Rick Monday mentioned on the broadcast a couple of games ago that Bellinger's like changed his stance and his swing like three, at least three times. Um, And it's weird to me because you'd think that, you know, with a guy that won the MVP in 2019, you try to maybe kind of go back to that or emulate that in some way, look at the tape or something to go back to that and why there's been so many adjustments. I, I, I don't understand it. It seems like a lot of times he's changing, you know, the wrong answer to another wrong answer. 240, 22 home runs, 78 RBIs. That's just not good though, is it? Better. That's, that's yeah. That's definitely a change of your initial stance of he's going to have a huge season. I mean, so I'm being conservative. I just, I think, I think it can definitely be better than that. Uh, I mean, I think he's been close for a year now, Uh, but I think his floor is about what I said. Here's my other question. Cause I know that we talked a lot about this following the 2020 season when Bellinger underwent shoulder surgery and we were talking about giving him a little leeway coming back, you know, how much of this, how much of his, you know, uh, weaknesses at the plate can be attributed to that? Or 
or are we far enough away from that to be like, all right, now it's, now it's time to see what you're really made of. I think it's, we're past the shoulder injury. I I would also say it's, we're past that point. I think so too. He said he feels great. I think it's mental now. Yeah. hundred percent. And 17 also, strikeouts in 27 at bats, zero home runs, 148 batting average is his spring training. I, I will always give Bellinger the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I, I don't think that you can ha- really have a fluke MVP season unless you're, you know, ripped on steroids or whatever, which we know Bellinger isn't. Um, so that's why I give him the benefit of the doubt. So it, it's, it's kind of weird though, because it, it, he's had a very similar trajectory, like, Christian Yelich has where Christian Yelich has kind of fallen off the map. He's dealt with a lot of injuries too. Um, so it is kind of funny how the, uh, you know, back-to-back MVPs in 18 and 19 have kind of just fizzled out a little bit. This is Bellinger's second to last year under team control in arbitration. And I think this is kind of like I said with Gavin Lux, a make or break season for Bellinger. If he doesn't, give them something productive. They're going to part ways for me. I'm hoping and I'm predicting he bats around 245, maybe a 340 on base, 25 home runs, maybe 15 steals. And if he could do that, I will gladly take it. Really? You take that? The D keep in mind, the defense is huge too. That's that never went away. Right. The defense will always be there, but you're, you're accepting that. A 240 season clutch. He's got it. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I am accepting that it is flirting with what he did in 2018, which felt like a major drop off from his rookie season, but it was fine. Here's another question that may, may not be answerable now, but do we think that Bellinger stays on this roster throughout the whole season and into the playoffs? Absolutely. You don't think that they, would would ever move off him at some point in during terms the season? Of sending him down or no? I mean, in terms of trading him, no, absolutely uh, not. I think it's something to consider because I don't think they would trade him. No. I think they would send him down if he's hitting two twenty or two hundred, and maybe give him three weeks in the minors, like they did to Jock Peterson before the twenty seventeen so season. He still has those options. He should, yeah. All right. Let's we close the, the show out. All-star final... question too, right? Yeah. If you want to give me your all-stars or any other questions or predictions, feel free. Yeah, I'll go real quick. Um, Dodgers all-stars. I'm going with Will Smith, Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, and Mookie Betts. And then Walker Buehler on the pitching staff. I'm going with that exact same list, but I'm also adding Trey Turner. I thought about it, but then I realized that's, that's just too many all-stars from one team. I had to cut somebody. I hope Trey Turner is an all-star. There's not too many good shortstops in the National League. Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Will Smith makes his first all-star team. And then your two pitchers are Walker Buehler and Urias. 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 Anything else? Any other wacky anything? This is the last chance. The season is going to start. You have to... Throw it out there now. Otherwise, you can't you can't add it later. Um, I do think the Dodgers are going to make a big another big trade deadline acquisition. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a starter. I don't know if it's going to be a an offensive player. But I do think they they make a big splash at the deadline as well. All That's right. all I think we're I think we're going to see a lot of. I think we may maybe in for and I hate to say it more more bullpen games than we'd like to see this year, with the way the rotation is. That hinges on one guy. Mm-hmm. Well, this is how I'm going to close out the show then. A reminder, it's a 162-game season. This is not a sprint. It is a marathon. More likely than not, the Dodgers will get off to a slow start. They might be flirting around 500 in the month of April. They might be a few games back in May. But guess what? They still have over 100 games to make up that ground. A team as good as the Dodgers, with the amount of depth that they have, they're going to give guys shots. They're going to put people in positions that you might not be comfortable seeing with because they have the luxury of experimenting and giving their guys fair opportunities. They're going to rest people. They're not going to play Mookie bets every single day. So if Mookie gets a day off after the fourth game, 
don't lose your mind. There are more, there are plenty of other capable guys that can cover that spot. So expect a lot of bullpen games. I maybe more than ever, unfortunately, the Dodgers rotation is not very deep as it is, as, as it is in years past. So a lot, yeah, a lot hinges on if Trevor Bauer is a part of this rotation. If he's not, then yeah, bullpen games are going to be a thing all season. And I do think that they will trade for a starter before the deadline passes as well. So hop on the Tyler Anderson bandwagon. Trains leaving the station. <laughs> I like I like Tyler Anderson much more than Andrew Haney. I, don't know if I you think he's going to be good for us. All right, cool. Well, let's hope someone breaks out. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers. Make sure to follow us and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Next time you hear from us, it'll either be opening day, the day after opening day. Don't know yet. It's all up. It's all up in the air. But with that being said, 2022, here we come. World Series bound. Go Dodgers. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.